0: Eddie Hearn has penciled in October thirty first provisionally for the Alexander Usyk Derek Chisora fight. There's no date. uh, Excuse me. There's no venue at the moment because the situation is changing by way of lockdown. So we don't exactly know when crowds are going to be allowed back in and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's all we have at the moment. October thirty first for Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora. Just a short one here to tell you about that. And it's you know going to be interesting to see if this fight takes place, how Usek and Chisora perform, given the fact they've been out for so long. It's not like you're coming back and having a little run out. You're coming back if you're Derek Chizora and going up against one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the sport. I know he's a smaller guy, but he's extremely skilled, extremely experienced. Uh, as an amateur in the World Series of Boxing. And although he hasn't had loads of pro fights, they've been at a very high level. And he's been fighting on the road too. So very, very interesting. We'll have to see how this one pans out. Just a little quick update. October 31st is the provisional date for this. All right, I'm out.
1: Danny Flexen for seconds out. Delighted to be joined by Joe Joyce. i beating heavyweight, of course. And we're just coming off last night. Um, Daniel Dubois got his tune-up fight out the way, just as you did against Michael Valish uh, about a month ago. He took on a late substitute opponent in Ricardo Schneiders. And I guess, first of all, were you a little disappointed that Eric Pfeiffer was uh, replaced at relatively short notice? Because he would have presented perhaps a sterner test.
2: Yeah, very disappointed. Like it's, was- a bit it's a little bit of a like a missed opportunity to to fight someone decent and it's just like you know he's just going to finish him he nearly finished him in the first round so he didn't learn much but I guess I learned a little bit I just kind of saw what kind of things he would have been working on so and uh he seems to be in good shape and uh, very explosive
1: I was talking to Don Charles about this on our review of the fight last night and it could benefit you in our opinion because since Nathan Gorman he hasn't really been challenged in any way you know he's had the likes of Fujimoto obviously now uh, Ricardo Schneiders it's going to be a big leap for him perhaps more so well certainly more so than it is for you
2: yeah definitely like I, I thought that the fight with Pfeiffer was like a good a good shout for in preparation to fight me because you know it's going to be someone who's throwing something back and it's going to give him, like, a, a, a good hard fight, which I think he needs in preparation. But, you know, better for me, really.
1: <laughs> like, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you make of it? Like, obviously, you watched it because it's your forthcoming opponent. When when you do that and the fight ends at the start of the second round, do you wish you hadn't bothered? Do you wish you'd gone out instead or whatever?
2: Yeah, it was a... It, I mean, I saw, you know, like, Charlie Edwards, Sam Maxwell, my old my old mates for GB, so it was, it was good to watch them... And uh, the other, and Adelaide, who I, who I spied as well, but they didn't mention that. <laughs> it, like it was good um, to see him how, how he's progressing and that. And yeah, I'm finishing off with Dubois. I mean, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit, um, it was a little bit of a waste of time,
1: <laughs> but. So I, guess I, in, I mean, yeah, it's all, it's all good. He's, I guess in he's the injured, October 24th, we need to ask David Adelaide about those sparring sessions between you and him and him and Dubois, now we know. Yeah, I, he's don't, I, don't
2: think, I don't think it's allowed. <laughs> <I>
1: think, <laughs> well, yeah. Has he signed an NDA, Is it? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: It's a wise move. Um, October 24th is the date that's been announced for you against Dubois. We don't know at this stage, fans are going to be allowed in or if so, how much capacity will be allowed because of social distancing. Have you got any idea what it might be? Kind of ten percent, twenty percent.
2: What in terms of the crowd? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not too sure. Like there was, um, I think um, the Warrens met with the organisers of the O2 to see the capacity and stuff. But I haven't seen. I haven't heard anything about the update update in um, crowd capacity. But hopefully, you know, hopefully more. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it's going to be like almost full capacity for it to be, uh, you know, worth worth it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And
1: October seems a bit ambitious for that to, to happen. I don't want to pour any, you know, scorn on it or anything. But it's what, two months away? Less than two months away. It's hard yeah. to see them getting anywhere close to full capacity in that time period.
2: Yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit in limbo. Whether, the, whether it's going to uh, go ahead or, or it's going to be postponed again or, or what's going to happen so um, hopefully uh, you know the sooner we know the better how do you manage
1: your training with that in mind like what sort of stage you go into how hard do you go when you're not sure if it is going to be in two months or not
2: no I'm, I'm going hard I, I you know I need to get my body in in a good shape to even if uh, even if the fight doesn't go ahead i you know need to keep on improving what i've got and because there's some big fights out there uh, after i beat the ball
1: and what does that entail at the moment because as far as we know your trainer is still unable to come here and it's difficult for you to go over there to the u.s as well so who are you working with and is it mainly conditioning work at the moment rather than boxing work
2: Well, yeah, a bit of both. I do um, some strength work with uh, Cameron Goff, and then I do the boxing side of things with uh, Stephen Broughton. Broughton, Yeah. Yeah, um, I've been, I I had, I I went headed back to Elsfield a couple of weeks ago, so maybe I'll I'll start going there again a bit more, um, because that was obviously helped me in my fitness (laughs) before, so. Yeah, and it's all, all good to see, uh, you know, Sid and the other guy other coaches and people there. So I'll probably head back there.
1: Good stuff. And um, what is the latest with Salas? Is there any kind of light at the end of the tunnel in that regard?
2: Well, yeah, so he had some fighters box year last night. And I think they all won. I didn't actually see, obviously, because of the time difference and, and stuff like that. But um, I think he's got another couple of boxes and then he can get over here to train me so i'll just uh you know get keep myself ticking over and getting getting in the best shape as i can
1: yeah i mean that's all you can do i suppose at this stage yeah What and just and like?
2: just work on my uh, my techniques that he's been teaching me so just make sure i've got practice the basics and the fundamentals as he calls them
1: and what's it like for you mindset-wise? Because, as you say, you haven't been in the ring, or you hadn't been in the ring, rather, before the Valish fight. Now there's a bit of a limbo, as you called it, whether the is going to be in October or whether it'll be delayed again. How do you yeah. kind of keep yourself focused on that end goal when, you know, there's nothing immediate for you to get your teeth into? Um,
2: hang on a minute. I'm just trying to adjust my chair. <laughs> I feel like I'm leaning back a bit too much. <laughs> That's better sorry say that again
1: so how do you um focus on your overall end goal when there's nothing immediate for you to get your teeth into how do you stay focused and stay motivated
2: it is it is tough but it's it's one of those it's just one of those things where you have to you know keep your body and mind and technique sharp for because this is in season like Normally, you have a little bit of time off in in the summer, and then you come back again at six in September, and then uh, push on till December, and then the next year, you know, the boxing season. So you need to stay fit and stay ready, and so and you never know when a fight can turn up. So Great that's stuff. that's what so that's what that's what I have to do. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, We know. we hope for the best.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, really appreciate that.
3: bevis rifle tv in association with mtk global i'm here in yorkshire for mtk fight night joined by a trainer podcaster boxing extraordinaire what what, what, what what's your manager what what's your what's your number one label at the moment mr sean o'hagan
4: my number one label at the moment
3: i think it's uh just general dog's body to be honest with you um i'm doing this interview to announce mtk leads um, there's going to be the partnership with yourself and some management and promotional contracts of MTK, so you just sort of want to give us a little brief introduction into uh, the partnership.
4: Yeah, I think um, obviously there's uh, the uh, events that we owe with Josh, but I mean, as you know, Josh is a match fighter, promoted by Eddie. I just think there were a big void in Leeds. Uh, we've got a lot of young talent coming through, about to turn professional. We've got some already, some, prov- some, some lads that are already professional. Um, young professionals, newly turned, there's just a big void in Leeds, and I mean, Leeds is a boxing city now. Um, since the, since the bit of success that we've had, everybody wants to come on board, and you know, it's, it's good for the city, good for everything. And to be honest, we're MTK what obvious choice, they've shown a lot of interest, been speaking to them for a while now, um, and things have gone on from there. So, yeah, we're announcing a a bit of a deal with myself and MTK we're going to be running in Leeds a few times a year uh, possibly Doncaster as well and um, we've got enough fighters to do it so it's going to be it's a very very exciting time for boxing in Leeds
3: yeah and that's good news for the fans as well when they can return. fans they know want to get to boxing because it felt like from a, obviously a Leeds perspective that you one fight night and you two big fight nights a year would have been Josh it would have been the arena yeah. of uh, Ellen Road and it was Josh fight nights so or nothing if you wanted to watch boxing locally in Leeds
4: Absolutely, yeah, I think you're right. Um it will kind of josh your well it'll just josh won't it really. So I mean twice a year it don't really do City of Leeds and, and boxing fraternity justice. So what we decided to do would, you know, join forces MTK backing us in Leeds. So it'll be uh, MTK Leeds will be they'll be up and running as soon as all this um, virus pandemic thing's open and crowds return. So yeah, very, very exciting times for Leeds. I mean not forgetting these uh, it's backing as well for Jack Bateson, another another very, very exciting prospect. He's so uh, looking absolutely excellent at the moment, so it's all good news for Leeds in terms of boxing.
3: Yeah, because obviously we saw Maxi get you know, the best win of his career by a mile against Toronto recently, but you know Maxi's career is only going to go on for so long now. You need these young guys coming through, so Maxi's going to be one of the names that will perhaps front this, I imagine, and that people will uh, know and That'll be an attraction, but you need these young guys up and coming through. So at some point, you know, Josh ain't going to be around, Max ain't going to be around, and you need someone in Leeds to go, I'm going to take the uh, ball by the horns, and this is going to be my fight city.
4: Yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, he's already one of two promoters in Leeds. Um, uh, very well-established promoter in Leeds. That's Jack's dad, uh, Mark, and he's been very successful in, in putting these shows on over the last 15, 20 years. But I still think there's a little bit of a gap to be filled, and I think that myself, along with MTK, I think that's the uh, it's just the answer to be honest with you. But as you say, I mean, there's a wealth of young talent in Leeds and nowhere to go, they all seem to be signing elsewhere. So why not keep it in house and keep it in Leeds? well i I'm sure there's some brilliant nights to come and there's a wealth of talent coming through. You know, there's more than just Josh in Leeds.
3: Say Josh gets the Kanzu fight, it's screened on Sky Sports. Um and even fights beyond Kanzu, uh, with Josh at a on Sky Sports. I'd take it there could be you know, the pulling power that Josh and you will have over uh, any negotiations, there's potential for these young MTK guys to perhaps get themselves on the undercard these these nights as well?
4: well I don't see why not. I mean, MTK, they're um, as we've seen it past, they, they, they seem to work with everybody, don't they? And that was one of the reasons really why I chose MTK to put my young fighters to, is that they do work with everybody. So you have potential there, not just with MTK, but also other promoters all over the country, you know, and in Europe and, um, of course, beyond that. As we've already said, so yeah, it it's an obvious choice to so kind of speak with MTK.
1: Danny Flexen, for seconds out. Delighted to be joined by Joe Joyce. I'm beating heavyweight, of course and we're just coming off last night um, daniel dubois got his tune up fight out the way just as you did against michael vallish uh, about a month ago he took on a late substitute opponent in ricardo Schneiders. and i guess first of all were you a little disappointed that eric Pfeiffer was uh replaced at relatively short notice because he would have presented perhaps a sterner test
2: yeah very disappointed like it's a bit it's a little bit of a like a missed opportunity to to fight someone decent and it's just like you know he's just going to finish him he nearly finished him in the first round so he didn't learn much but I guess I learned a little bit I just kind of saw what kind of things he would have been working on so and uh, he seems to be in good shape and uh, very explosive
1: I was talking to Don Charles about this on our review of the fight last night and it could benefit you in our opinion because since Nathan Gorman, he hasn't really been challenged in any way. You know, he's had the likes of Fujimoto, obviously now, uh, Ricardo Schneider's.
2: It's yeah. gonna be a
1: big leap for him, perhaps more so, well certainly more so than it is for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like I I thought that the fight with Pfeiffer was like a good a good shout for in preparation to fight me, because, you know, it's gonna be someone who's throwing something back and it's going to give him like a, a, a good hard fight, which I think he needs in preparation. But, you know, better for me, really.
1: <laughs> like, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you make of it? Like, obviously you watched it because it's your forthcoming opponent. When when you do that and the fight ends at the start of the second round, do you wish you hadn't bothered? Do you wish you'd gone out instead or whatever?
2: Yeah, it was. a. It, I mean, I saw, you know, like Charlie Edwards, Sam Maxwell, my, my old stable mates for GB. So it, it was good to watch them. And uh, the other, and Adelaide, who I, who I spotted as well, but they didn't mention that. <laughs> it, like it was good um, to see him how, how he's progressing and that. And yeah, I'm finishing off with Dubois. I mean, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, um, it a little bit of a waste of time,
1: <laughs> but. So I, guess I, in, I mean, yeah, it's all, it's all good. He's, I guess in he's the October 24th, we need to ask David Adelaide about those sparring sessions between you and him and him and Dubois, now we know. Yeah, I, he's don't, I, don't
2: think, I don't think it's allowed.
1: <laughs> <I> think, <yeah. laughs> has he signed an NDA, Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's a wise move. Um, October 24th is the date that's been announced for you against Dubois. We don't know at this stage fans are going to be allowed in or if so, how much capacity will be allowed because of social distancing. Have you got any idea what it might be? Kind of ten percent, twenty percent. What
2: in terms of the crowd? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not too sure. Like there was, um, I think um, the Warrens met with the organisers of the O2 to see the capacity and stuff. But I haven't seen. I haven't heard anything about the update update in um, crowd capacity. But hopefully, you know, hopefully more. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it's going to be like almost full capacity for it to be uh, you know worth worth it
1: well yeah that's the thing and October seems a bit ambitious for that to to happen I don't want to pour any you know scorn on it or anything but it's what two months away less than two months away it's hard yeah. to see them getting anywhere close to full capacity in that time period
2: yeah so it's a, it's a little bit in limbo. Whether, the, whether it's going to uh, go ahead or, or it's going to be postponed again or, or what's going to happen so um, hopefully uh, you know the sooner we know the better. How do you manage your training with
1: that in mind like what sort of stage you go into how hard do you go when you're not sure if it is going to be in two months or not?
0: No I'm, I'm
2: going hard I, I you know I need to get my body in in good shape to even if uh, even if the fight doesn't go ahead, I you know need to keep on improving what I've got. and Because there's some big fights out there uh, after I beat the ball.
1: And what does that entail at the moment? Because as far as we know, your trainer is still unable to come here and it's difficult for you to go over there to the US as well. So who are you working with? And is it mainly conditioning work at the moment rather than boxing work?
2: Well, yeah a bit of both I do um some strength work with uh Cam- Cameron Goff and then I do the boxing side of the things with uh Stephen Broughton, Broughton yeah. yeah um I've been I I had I, I we headed back to Ellsfield a couple of weeks ago so maybe I'll I'll start going there again a bit more because um, that was obviously helped me in my fitness <laughs> before so yeah, and it's all, all good to see, uh, you know, Sid and the other guy other coaches and people there. So I'll probably head back there.
1: Good stuff. And um, what is the latest with Salas? Is there any kind of light at the end of the tunnel in that regard?
2: Well, yeah, so he had some fighters box year last night. And I think they all won. I didn't actually see, obviously, because of the time difference and, and stuff like that. But um, I think he's got another couple of boxes and then he can get over here to train me so I'll just uh, you know get keep myself ticking over and getting getting in the best shape as I can
1: yeah I mean that's all you can do, I suppose at this stage
2: yeah what and just, like? I just just work on my uh, my techniques that he's been teaching me so just make sure I've got to practice the basics and the fundamentals as he calls them
1: and what's it like for you mindset-wise? Because, as you say, you haven't been in the ring, or you hadn't been in the ring, rather, before the Valish fight. Now there's a bit of a limbo, as you called it, whether the is going to be in October or whether it'll be delayed again. How do you yeah. kind of keep yourself focused on that end goal when, you know, there's nothing immediate for you to get your teeth into?
2: Um, hang on a minute. I'm just trying to adjust my chair. <laughs> I feel like I'm leaning back a bit too much. <laughs> That's better sorry say that again
1: so how do you um focus on your overall end goal when there's nothing immediate for you to get your teeth into how do you stay focused and stay motivated
2: it is it is tough but it's it's one of those it's just one of those things where you have to you know keep your body and mind and technique sharp for because this is in season like Normally you have a little bit of time off in, in the summer and then you come back again at six in September and then uh, push on till December and then the next year, you know, the boxing season, so you need to stay fit and stay ready and so and you never know when a fight can turn up, so that's that's what so that's what that's what I have to do. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. We know. we hope for the best.
2: Yeah. All right,
1: well, really appreciate that.
0: So Eddie Hearns says that negotiations are underway for a Terrence Crawford Kelbrook fight. He says he's had a couple of conversations with Bob Arum and Carl Moretti. And these are obviously representatives of Top Rank. Bob Aram is the head honcho there. And well, it says here Top Rank VP of Operations, Carl Moretti. Oh, okay, excuse me. Carl Moretti is VP of operations, and Bob Aram obviously is the head honcho. So yeah. Very interesting. Now, I saw this uh, video the other day of Kell Brook on the bag in the gym over there in Sheffield, and he looks in great shape. One of the issues that Kell Brook has had throughout most of his career is blowing up in weight and not staying in shape between fights. And he's obviously had a layoff uh, due to lockdown, as most fighters have, that he hasn't allowed it to hinder his dieting and his training and he still looks really, really, you know, uh, chiseled and what have you. So yeah, hopefully this fight can actually take place. Hopefully this has got legs. The fact that Eddie Hearn is speaking to uh, Bob Arum and having numerous conversations, I have to imagine they're going to be talking about money and how much or how little should I say Kell Brook is willing to accept At this stage of Kell Brook's career, he really can't afford to be that fussy. I mean, I'm sure he's made good money, don't get me wrong. But if he wants an opportunity to fight for a world title again, he can't be getting all fussy about it. And let's be real, this is a great opportunity for Kell Brook. He's been talking about a rematch with Errol Spence. Well, this is the next best thing. You get to go in there with a guy who is undefeated and is basically seen as either the number one or the number two in the weight class by most fans. So for Kell Brook to go in there against Crawford and let's say he got the win, I'm not saying he will, but look, he's got a chance. I mean, Kell Brook's stock would absolutely skyrocket. He'd be in a tremendous position. Obviously, there'd have to be a rematch. I'm sure there'd be a, there's going to be a rematch clause if this fight takes place because it's a voluntary defense. But even still... That would be two good paydays and, and they're legacy fights. Let's be real. It's not even just about the money or just about the title and the opportunity right now. It's about legacy because Terence Crawford is going to go down as one of the greatest fighters of this era. He might go down as one of the greatest fighters of all time. So Kell Brook should be absolutely chomping at the bit to be able to get in the ring with a guy like that. Because yes, Kell Brook has fought a Hall of Famer in Golovkin, but that was you know, several weight classes above his natural weight, whereas this is right in the welterweight division, in his natural weight, and he's getting to fight another, you know, potentially getting to fight another uh, guy who could go down as a Hall of Famer. So yeah, hopefully Kell Brook doesn't start getting all bougie and <laughs> try to talk about the kind of money Keith Furman was talking Keith, Keith Furman apparently sold about $10 million, I mean, (laughs) I don't know where he's going with that. Uh, Kell Brook, hopefully a lot more realistic. And then we can see the fight take place. I think it's an interesting style matchup. It's going to be interesting to see how Brook's strength is able to impact on Terence Crawford. Because, yeah, Brook is a a good technical fighter, but he is a bit upright. He is a bit stiff. Uh, Terence Crawford is a lot more fluid and, and versatile and whatnot. But he's never been in there in a professional fight with somebody as strong and powerful as Kell Brook, at least not to my recollection. I mean, I saw Errol Spence's trainer saying that this will be the first serious test or the first serious opponent that Terence Crawford has fought at 147. And you know what? I kind of agree with that. I think Kell Brook, judging on his last performance, has still got a decent amount left in the tank. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to go on for years and years, but He didn't look completely shot to me or anything like that in his last fight. Although that was at 154, the way he's been training, he should be able to make 147 without too much issue. So, yeah, hopefully this one has legs. There's negotiations going on. If we get an announcement, I think that's a a real plus for boxing because it's an interesting matchup. Terrence Crawford will be the favorite and rightly so. But I reckon Kell Brook is going to provide... Some good work for terence Crawford if nothing else. And Kel Brook can shoot for greatness. So let me know what you guys think. I'm out.
1: Hi there, I'm Danny Flexon. Welcome to the latest edition of Seconds Out Reflections. We're here every Monday, 4 30 pm, to talk about the boxing that's taken place over the weekend. And we'll mainly be focusing, obviously, on Frank Warren's show on Saturday night. Um, but first of all, just wrap up a couple of quick results. We saw Jose Ramirez retain two of the World's Super Lightweight titles in a close decision over Victor Postel. I think it was a majority decision. Haven't seen the fights. So I can't comment, but heard it was very close. Um, another very close fight took place out in Germany with Adam Booth's German prospect, Abbas Boral, Very good amateur, falling just slightly short um, in a split decision defeat to Jack Kolkai, former WBA interim champion mixed with top class, and proved just a little bit too much for Braulis early in his career. Um, But again, I haven't seen it. It could have been one that could have gone either way for all I know. Having wrapped those results up, we'll move on to Warren's show. We found out yesterday um, that it garnered the best viewing figures of any boxing post-lockdown thus far on subscription TV. I'm not including... Channel 5 and now I'm not sure what the figures for that were just yet, Um, but it got 400,000 peak and 155,000 average, big difference between the two, a lot of people speculating that the peak must have come very early in the show, straight after the Community Shield between Arsenal and Liverpool finished, that would be logical, although it is unconfirmed, also it could be that people were switching on at the very end of the show just to watch Dubois, I'm not sure because we haven't got the breakdown of those figures. But nevertheless, it was the best boxing figures by some distance post-lockdown. So that's a boon for Dubois and for Queensbury Promotions, Frank Warren, of course, and BT Sport. Um, so fair play to them. Although I've got to say, having watched the show, wasn't the best of the post-lockdown shows, even though it was the highest rated. Dubois got past Ricardo Schneider's late substitute opponent, who looked pretty intimidated from the off. Still fight sometimes at cruiserweight, looked a lot smaller than Dubois, who came in the heaviest he ever had. Um, and just backed away from the first bell, really. Snyder's backed away to the ropes. Didn't really want to chance his arm throwing shots of his own because he was worried about getting countered. And Dubois took a little while to work him out, but didn't show any respect for him. You know, rightly so as it turned out. And ultimately walked through him, dropped him three times in the first round. Although one of them looked more like a push down than a, a genuine knockdown. And then finished him off early in round two. Didn't learn a lot from it. My biggest concern with the Dubois going into a potential fight later this year with Joe Joyce, who is vastly experienced as an amateur and a pro um, in terms of the quality of opposition, is that the Bois since beating Nathan Gorman in July last year, hasn't really stepped up the level of competition. You know, Fighting the likes of Snyder's, originally it was supposed to be Eric Pfeiffer, but he got replaced after some medical issues. I don't think that's going to get him ready for Joyce. Um, and I think the problem is that he won't, very likely blast Joyce out early, like he's used to doing with some of the lower level fighters. And if he gets dragged into six, 10, 12 rounds, he doesn't know if he can do that at Joyce's pace yet. May have done it in the gym, but it's not the same as doing it in the ring. And that's the biggest concern, I think, ahead of the Joyce fight for Dubois. Not so much how good Joyce is, although he is very good, but more so whether he can fight a top level opponent at a higher pace for, you know, into the second half of a 12 rounder. And he's not going to find that out against the likes of Schneiders um, or Fujimoto, for example, to, to do another one. Uh, we saw Sonny Edwards putting a good performance on the undercard, getting past Thomas Asomba, probably beating the former Olympian more clearly than any other one, anyone else has as a pro thus far. Um, didn't get unnecessarily involved, showed great footwork, um, hand speed and, and shot selection. I know there were a few dissenters on social media. I saw their tweets as I was watching the fight, just saying, you know, Oh, didn't, really, didn't find it very entertaining, that kind of thing. Look, it's a, it was a relatively one-sided fight. Sonny made it easy for himself. You can't ask for much more than that from his point of view. It's down to a somber, really, is the aggressive fighter of the two in that um, dynamic to make the fight. And he just wasn't able to get close to him for, for long enough to do that. So I understand people that maybe it wasn't their cup of tea, but nonetheless a very accomplished performance from Sonny Edwards. Um, Sam Maxwell against Joe Hughes turned out to be a bit clearer to score than I anticipated. I thought it would be a really close fight, go right down to the wire, but Maxwell boxed to instruction, used his fast hands, good timing and anticipation to get the better of Joe Hughes, won by a few rounds. It was clear in the end, I thought. Um, Joe Hughes, again, is someone that never seems to give any opponent an easy night, so it's a boon for Maxwell that he was able to make it relatively comfortable, certainly down the stretch. So fair play to him. Um, David Adelaide also looked really good on the undercard. He now needs a step up in competition, I think it's fair to say. and We look forward to that. Um, none, so does Daniel Dubois, which hopefully he'll get, obviously, against Joe Joyce. Um, so yeah, all in all, not the best show I've seen, although Maxwell against Hughes was a, a good fight, an engrossing fight. Um, but other than that, it was a, it was a masterclass performance by Sonny Edwards. Um, so for the purists, that was good, but I can understand casual viewers not being overly entertained by that. And then the main event, pointless, really. I mean, it's harsh to say. And if someone drops out at short notice, they have to be replaced The wires an attraction, as you can see by the figures. Fair enough. But it didn't teach him anything new. It won't have got him ready for joyous. And it won't get him any new fans. It wasn't a particularly kind of devastating knockout where both fighters came out swinging and Snyder's walked onto one. It was an overmatched, intimidated opponent getting gradually beaten up and bullied. Um, so yeah, that's all I've got to say about that to paraphrase Forrest Gump. Um, as always really appreciate the time love to get your views on this as well what did you make of the show what did you make of Dubois' performance do you share my concerns about his lack of rounds and his lack of top level experience going in against Joe Joyce let me know what you think Um, I'll be back on Thursday for Flexpectations looking ahead to the European title fight on Hennessy Sports' show next week among other things and I'll be back 4.30pm next Monday for the next reflections really appreciate the time I feel I've already said that Um, but I'll see you all next time Cheers.